Hey all of you out there in Eorzea, welcome to She Heals, I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Friday, July 13th, and this is episode 131 of the Shit Podcast. I'm your shit host, Vegan Pete, and always by my side is the very non-shit... Where's my, your, co- where's my compliment? You always give me a This is like my one compliment a the, week I get. The non-shit and lovely. Hey guys, Avi Ale here. How you doing? I'm good. I thought non-shit was the compliment this week. No, like I, this is like I get one compliment a week from you and it's at the intro to this podcast and I like, I need my one compliment. <laughs> well, there's your compliment. The, there you're, you really, you're trying to give me a comeback and then you're like, oh fuck, she's right. I don't really give her compliments. I, I thought of a few, but they weren't funny. <laughs> it's been about two weeks since Heaven on High has hit. Thank you to everyone taking a break from your hoeing to join us here live at twitch.tv slash sheheelsitank. And if you're still hoeing and listening to us via the podcast, thank you as well. It's kind of the perfect thing to do while you listen to the podcast, honestly. Ho, ho yourself out. Go hoeing. We really appreciate the support no matter how you consume shit. Uh, if you'd like to throw us a little extra support, we'd appreciate it if you find us worthy enough to use your Amazon Prime free sub. Uh, it gives us the ability to do the occasional giveaway for you great listeners. And uh, thank you to Chili for his 11th month of subbing to the show last week. That's almost a year. That is crazy. It doesn't even feel like we've been doing it live on Twitch for a year. Yeah, it does. To me, it doesn't. I feel like we're in month two, personally. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. That's how it feels. Like time goes by so fast when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, a quick couple notes regarding the show. We did get FanFest tickets, so we will be out at FanFest. We love meeting people. So if you're going, shoot us a tweet, shoot us an email, get in contact with us somehow. Or don't be violent. There's no need to shoot them at us. You can just, you know, send them because our way. we'd love to grab a drink with you. Shoot the shit a little bit. Or if you don't drink, we can just chat it up. A drink can mean soda. A drink can mean water. It's true. Uh, also, next week, we will be taking the week off due to Comic-Con. Uh, with Avi's school schedule and Comic-Con lasting for four days, it was just going to be too hard to reschedule it to another day. And I think we've missed like one, maybe two weeks in the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I think we might be due for a week off. Uh, and if any of you are going to Comic-Con as well, let us know. We'd, oh, we'd love, love to see you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, like our next week is so busy. I actually had to ask my professor to let me access that week's exam uh, earlier than everyone else because I won't have time to do it. He did not seem happy when I asked, but eventually he was pretty cool about it. Realized like, oh, Comic-Con, you're going every day. You won't have time. Okay, you're a nerd. Got it. And speaking of FanFest, we will definitely be talking about the fiasco that happened this week regarding buying tickets. A lot of happy people, but also probably even more upset, angry, or sad people. However, however you're feeling about it, you'll be able to hop on our Discord and let us know if you want to rant about it. If you want to just brag that you got your tickets, I suppose you could do that as well. Uh, we're also having a fun casting a Orzia segment a little bit later on where we are casting the leaders of the three nations of Olda, Gridania, and Lim- Limsa Lominsa. Yes, it's a brand new segment. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we did put some effort into it and it's going to be one of those fun ones where um, if you are live with us on Twitch, we're going to have images because it always sucks when someone like picks an actor 
to play a role and you're like, who the fuck is that? But you know, you know, when you see their face. So a little more incentive to hang out with us here. And, and we'd love to hear your casting ideas and always, you know, that you liked my casting choice better than Pete's. We, we always <laughs> enjoy hearing, hearing that. Actually, though, I think some of his uh, have beat me out, too. So it's, it's kind of it's very well matched. Yeah. So we'll describe it in depth a little bit later. Uh, thank you to Eskimono Fono for eight month subs in a row. Nice. Very cool. So it, until it, before we get to the fan fest and uh, the new game we have, we have everyone's favorite segment. Greenleaf Minute. It's the Greenleaf Minute. This week, we are sharing information regarding status effects, sometimes referred to as debuffs. For this minute, we're going to talk about effects that are cast on your character, not those that you cast on mobs or other characters within a PvP environment. Debuffs on your character show up in two places. One on the debuff list, which will be located wherever you chose to put it via your HUD, or the one that everyone else sees, which is to the right of your character name within the party list. These little pentagon icons sometimes have a timer over timer line over the top. Sometimes. This line ticks down, which indicates how much longer that debuff is going to sit on you. Just a reminder, the tick with the numbers counting down like 10, 9, 8 can only be seen by you on your HUD or when someone directly selects your character, then they can see the actual physical countdown of that debuff. So what's great about this little bar that shows up is that it is also an indicator that this status effect can be removed. Generally, these debuffs are going to be removed by your healer using Asuna or scholars can use Celine's ability, Fey Caress, which is an AoE Asuna effect. The only thing is that one has a really long cooldown, so it cannot be used nearly as often. Um, also, for certain debuffs, you can keep medicine on hand to remove them, such as so eye drops remove blindness, antidote cures poison, smelling salts cure sleep, spine drops cure paralysis, and finally, echo drops cure silence which is something I always keep on hand while doing the deep dungeon runs, such as Palace of the Dead or Heaven on High, especially as a healer, because there are debuffs that need to be removed from the party or you guys aren't able to do abilities. And so if you remove your silence immediately, you can then Asuna the group and you're good to go. So there's also one little known fact, or maybe it's a well-known fact. This is the green green leaf, so I'm going to say little, little known. In the dungeon, the lost city of Amdapur, players would get the debuff called Misery. And you actually can remove this effect by using the emote backslash comfort on that player. So Pete's like super sad. He's like miserable. And I go, it's okay, Pete. And I, I pat the air because that's what our emotes do. And then he goes, oh my God, Avi, your air pat made me feel amazing. And he's all happy again. I actually wish they would do more little stuff like this. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like it's a little Easter egg if you know it. And yeah, it's a little fun. I remember uh, the first time I went into that dungeon and someone had started doing that. And I'm like, what is this person? Why does, why does mm -hmm. everyone keep on using this emote? Like, it was fun learning that that did something, you know. Oh, and actually, Chili just shared that you can echo drop on other players as well if they're in the party. So he actually carries them for other players, which is a really great tip. I've actually never tried to use it on someone else. Yep. You can select their character and then use the echo drops and it will cure them. Super cool. Not cure them. It will remove silence. Um, and so Whatever. now you guys are going to know exactly when you want to yell at your healer to Asuna you or what medicines you need to keep on hand to remove those debuffs. So I hope this minute helped. I feel like this is a really good Greenleaf minute. This is actually one that I was present in a party for when someone explained it to a new healer. And it's something I'd always kind of known but never 
like thought about. And that little bar that lets you know that it can be a Sunud is such a nice quality of life change mm-hmm. because that wasn't always in the game. No, it's not. I, that might have been like at the beginning of Heaven's Ward right. or uh, beginning of Stormblood, right. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very new. Um, and it sounds like, how am I ever going to see that? But when, when you do see it appear, it's, it kind of becomes like super obvious if you're a healer and you're like watching out for stuff like that, which you should be. And if you're like DPS and you're in a dungeon with your wife healer and you get one that can be a Suna and she's not a Suna ing it, you can just yell at her, hey, I know what this means now. <laughs> a Suna me. Not that that ever happens in our household all the time. But yeah, I think that was a very good one for all you uh, budding healers out there. Keep an eye out. Anything that has that bar on top can be a Suna. Yes, very handy. And now it's time for news and notes from around the realm. And there was not much news this week. Well, I mean, there were, the Fan Fest tickets went on sale. I mean, that was kind of a big deal. I don't think, you know, you expect much more than that. Yeah. But it's almost time for the next producer live letter. The 45th edition of the live letter will take place Monday at 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's going to be in Japanese only. As we mentioned when it was first announced, the first part will be a preview of patch 4.4, and the second part they will bring a couple of guys from the Monster Hunter World team to talk even more about the collaboration because the first 20 minutes of the last live letter wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, no mention on if we'll get any information about Eureka Pagos, which is supposed to hit with patch uh, 4.36, which should be soon, like a week or two away. Uh, I really wonder if they're going to address any of the FanFest ticketing problems that happened this week. I kind of am leaning towards no, they're not going to talk about that. They're just yeah. going to try to let it blow just over. Just kind of like, yeah, slide past it. And whatever they end up talking about, you'll be able to watch it live on Twitch, YouTube, and Nico Nico. It will be live in uh, Japanese only, so if you don't speak it, be sure to look for people streaming on Twitch that will be doing some live translating. There always seems to be a few of them. And uh, P, we actually have our earliest ever on-deck listener. So uh, now that you've finished that little bit of news about the live letter, I'm going to bring in Roger Amasitia and see what they have to say. Hopefully they're on because they are muted right I now. Know. Hello, muted listener. <laughs> You're muted. I wish I could unmute you. Wait. All right. I'm going to go on to the next part, Avi. All right. And, and Roger, just speak up whenever you uh, unmute yourself. If they start yourself. talking, we'll talk to them. <laughs> uh, so FanFest uh, fan tickets went on sale this week. Uh, this is for the North American FanFest. And it turned into a fairly big debacle. Uh, here are the issues people are angry about. We were supposed to need our access codes that were emailed to us to be able to buy tickets. However, people were able to buy tickets without their access code, so potentially anyone that was able to buy tickets at that time wasn't limited to those who have been active in the game this year. We were also only supposed to be able to buy four tickets. There were many reports of people buying many more than that. Uh, We saw one Discord screen grab of someone bragging about a ticket bot that was able to buy 20 uh, but we don't really know how solid the validity is behind that. And the Square Enix response that we'll get later actually disputes that. And there were also reports that people were able to enter the URL of the ticket buying screen that you went to after you got out of the queue. Mm. So if you went straight there, you got to skip the queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's true, to me, that's the biggest violation of the bunch. Uh, really? I feel like being able to buy more, four more 
More than four tickets is pretty fucking yeah, bad. I kind of feel like that wasn't as rampant as uh, this one was. Um, so people got stuck in the waiting room and others just skipped so it. So basically, yeah, you're cutting in line. You're preventing people from buying their tickets. Well, I'm sure some of those people ended up buying as many tickets as they could to resell. Right. And that's never good for, for anything. So SE did issue a response on this. All right. Uh, I'm going to read it since I'm the better reader. The Bebe. issues were addressed by Matt Hilton, a.k.a. Bayonne, on the official forums. What did he write, Avi? He wrote, we would like to follow up on reports that there were fan festival tickets sold without users needing an access code. Our ticket vendor explained that they had to temporarily pause the access code requirement while they addressed a technical issue that was slowing down the site. During this brief period, a small number of tickets were purchased without an access code. We investigated those purchases and did not find any evidence of ineligible purchases. Please rest assured that we have also seen comments on other issues with ticket sales shared by the community, such as claims of users purchasing more than their allotted amount of tickets. We have investigated these concerns and at this time have not found anything outside of the expected results. Should we discover any abnormalities, we will take the appropriate measures as necessary. We are humbled by the overwhelming response from those who want to attend the fan festival. We made more tickets available this year than ever before, and we understand the frustration of not being able to procure tickets. We wish we could accommodate everyone, and so we'll do our best to try and host even more of our passionate adventurers in the future. And a lot of people were not satisfied with that response. Uh, what was left out of that response is actually the last point of people being able to enter the URL of the ticket buying page and skipping the line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they even have a way of discovering who did that. Uh, Probably not. But whoever did that cut in line and kept people that were trying to get their tickets legitimately from getting them. Well, honestly, it's it's the ticket site, the site that, that hosted the ticket purchasing. Uh, Square Enix, don't go with the fucking cheapest one pick pick one that you know is going to uh not piss off your your customer base because that's that's essentially what all of this did like this this Ticketmaster group which is not called Ticketmaster, but whatever i'm, I'm calling it that and show clicks show clicks should have not had bugs like this they, this is something that they do all the time they sell this kind of thing assumingly like you should go with a website that knows how to do this shit and has experience with it and you're not the first time don't don't be willing to let them fuck up your shit like they should be paying you for all of this. Like this is this is bad. This is bad. My and that's baby. what we say to Square Enix too. That's what, what I'm saying. Why, this why are you patching things that break the fucking game? Why don't you have a test server? You you guys are professionals about this. That's but it's a constant thing. That's this is a this is a limited time thing where it's like people are gonna be people are gonna miss out and not be able to do it again. The content in the game they can fix it. and You can still do it. This is you just missed out because they fucked up. Yeah. Being able to jump the line is bad. huge. Super bad. That's the, hey, that's the reason, going back to Comic-Con, the reason we didn't get into the new, when Star Wars first came out with the new release, we didn't get into that panel because they, they pulled people cut into the line. Yeah. Like 200 people. We waited in line for six hours and didn't get in because fucking people manning the lines are jackasses. Like, oh well, no repercussions for them. And there is also the issue of scalpers. Uh, there's already posts of people selling tickets for a double to three times the price uh, to their credit. They have locked the name section on the tickets now. So you can't you know, sell it to someone and put their name on it. Well, but that just means now that all those tickets that these people were jackasses, cut the line, bought 20 tickets, whatever. Now there's not, no one's going to go in those places. 
the thing is, I think they're going to put, they're going to leave it, whatever name is on there right now. They're going to go pick up all their tickets and then just pass them out there. Right. But you also risk getting screwed if you buy yep. something like that. Yep. So if you're paying $300 for your ticket that doesn't have your name on it and you have no way of picking up that ticket yourself, uh, it's pretty risky if you want to do that. I wouldn't do it personally. I hope you guys aren't buying scalp tickets. Uh, if you buy them at cost, I think that's okay. But uh, I would not be paying $300 for this. Uh, I, for one ticket. You paid paid it for two. <laughs> yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, the fix for this type of thing would be to have that access code for each person that you are buying tickets for and have that access code be linked to that account and the names be automatically generated onto those tickets. What, you mean like, like Comic-Con does? Basically, <laughs> like that access code should be tied to your Mog Station account yes. and have all your personal information on there. That should be automatically generated on your ticket. Your ticket should be emailed so you can print it out yourself. I mean, that's honestly not that difficult to do. That's just like an additional table in your database. Like the fact that it's so bad is just meh. Yeah. All right. So Roger's still muted. Uh, we've actually, so Roger, I'm going to put you back in on deck and we've got Chili who uh, wants to comment in, uh, I'm assuming on the FanFest ticket sales. Here we go, Chili. Hey, Chili. Chili, Chili. Well, we will see if we oh, can he's get talking, anyone on Discord today. No, he's today. talking, but I couldn't hear him. Oh, Avi. Uh, there he is. No, there he is. What? Chili? FanFest ticket fiasco was horrendous for everyone. Yes, you're a little quiet for us, Chili. So if you can, we've got you up as much as we can. So if you can. Oh, is this any better? A little bit better. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that was horrendous. I was there the whole day because I can't purchase those tickets because, again, I don't have a North American account. So well, you've uh, got to talk to us, Chili. You know, we, we would have helped you out. It's fine. I, I, it's okay. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was horrendous. And I feel bad for everyone that couldn't get tickets because it, if I'm honest, as Pete has said before, especially, I'm going to say this especially this year, the FanVest isn't that important at all. Mm -hmm. The event itself is kind of meh, if it's anything like last time. Yeah. It's meeting the people, spending time with the community, chatting with folk. That's that's the whole point. Hundred percent. Get to socialize. Well and honestly, Chili, I'm just gonna say and and this is so not allowed and this is so something I do for Comic Con though. If you happen like if someone I know and I trust came came to FanFest and you're like, I'm just gonna come and hang out with people, I'd be like, you know what, Chili? We're hanging out uh, tomorrow at noon, I'm going to be done. I'm going to give you my badge for four hours and you can go in and I'll hang out outside of the fan fest and you can go in and see all the things and then just meet me for dinner when you're done. Like I would let you use my badge so you could still experience it. So if you have friends, like as long as you've got that badge on, you're not going to be able to go together, but you've got that badge on you. Yeah. You can almost like share the experience. Yeah, pretty much. I, I've legit done it with Comic-Con. There are other tricks, but I'm not going to. And that's, yeah, what, those ones that's on what I tweeted out after I saw how disappointed that so many people were. If you are already planning on going to FanFest and you have the means to still go to FanFest, if you can afford the hotel room and everything, 
it's still worth going even if you can't get into the fan fest event itself because people actually plan events they're like hey we're gonna be at this bar it's a leviathan meetup you know leviathan server fuck it you don't have to be on the leviathan server everybody just showed up and you know what my favorite thing to do that entire time because i felt really awkward didn't know what to talk to people just go hey what's your main and everyone loves that, to talk about that's their main the class. icebreaker. That's it. Just Please. like, that's it. And then you, you, you've got connections and you're like, oh, scholar, scholar. Yeah, bitches, shots for scholars. You know, like, it's just Vegas fun. Yeah, well, so if anyone's on the fence uh, that didn't get tickets, if you're still tickets. considering going, you don't absolutely need tickets. Like, so, you can, yeah. there's going to be plenty of meetups. Go ahead, Chili. Chili? I think he says he's... Count for the hotel. You're cutting out a lot, dude. I don't know if it's your mic or what, but I see you lighting up, but I don't hear you. <laughs> oh, we seem to be having some technical difficulties with Chili. I, I think we just lost Chili. No. Nope, there he is. I, I don't think it's my mic. It's, there uh, Discord says it's picking up just fine. Yeah, I can hear you now. Well, we can see you picking up, but... I don't know. Everyone, it's listeners weird. get this. They all use Discord for the game. They're like, no, man, wait. Okay. All right. What were you going to anyway, say? What I was saying was that the uh, the main issue is the fact that they sold the hotel prices, yeah, hotels earlier than the tickets. So people mm. use the discount codes for the hotel rooms. And now they've got the hotel rooms. They've got their flights booked. They can't actually oh. get to FanFest. Yeah, oh, that is annoying. That. Uh, they do the same thing with Comic-Con, actually. The hotels go yeah. on sale before you can actually get your ticket. Which is annoying, but, you know, you can cancel your hotel room if you don't want to go anymore. You can cancel your airfare, most likely. I really do. And actually, you know, I'm going to say this right now. Pete and I will work toward organizing an I didn't get tickets to FanFest event (laughs) to make sure that anyone and everyone can come. But we will make an event at a a bar. It's going to be chill because we're not like big event planner people. But we want to say, hey, you know what? You didn't get to go. We're going to make sure you get to meet some other people who play and hang out and have fun. Yeah, the shit con. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bunch of fecal filiac showing up. (laughs) But we are. I I will work on that. That's something that that will actually get done because I'll work on it. Ooh, burn Pete. Dick. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. Of course, Chili. Thank Thank you for calling in. All right, Roger, when you, I see your uh, microphone unmute in that other on-deck room, I will bring you in. But until that happens, honey, I'm just going to leave you there. <laughs> All right, Pete. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of just talked about the main point I wanted to make on this segment. Please, 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 if you are if you didn't get tickets but you really wanted to go, you are going to have so much fun at FanFest even without going into the event proper. Mm-hmm. Um and there's going to be there's going to be other people that don't have tickets there. You're going to be able to meet up. You're going to be able to find a uh, watch stream like party. People are going to be watching the live stream there. Yeah. And then just waiting for the after parties that pop up. Yeah. The the fan fest itself. It was fun for a bit. And then you're like, OK, I did all the things. Now what do I do? And I don't want to wait in line for the merch. So you actually finish everything really fast. So you can either like yeah. redo stuff. But then the stream, which you can actually watch there. Maybe we could set up a bar. We want to like, uh, and then, you know, like have the stream going somewhere in Vegas. Project. 
Well, I'm just saying that would be really cool if you could have it on like a TV or something somewhere so you guys could be in Vegas and watch the live stream somewhere else. Like that's I'm going to work toward that because I think that's something that's desperately needed for everyone. Uh, I have to admit I have a ticket, so I won't be there. I'll be in (laughs) FanFest, but it is something that you should be able to experience with other players in Vegas and then still see everyone. And really, the fan fest itself, except on the night where they have the band, the primals, like, it didn't last very long. Like, you were out in time for dinner and stuff. It's not like it was going late into the no, night or anything crazy like that. Late. No, 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 nothing like that. So, um, I'm, I'm gonna work on something like this. So, so you guys know, like, this is another project for my plate that I will, <laughs> I will do for you. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna write this down so that I can't forget because I'm a list writer. So hopefully they have learned a little bit about what will happen uh, with the sh- ticket buying site they used this time, ShowClicks. I actually think they used them last year and it was okay. Uh, but hopefully they learned from this when they do the European as well as uh, the Japan fan fests. And it will go a lot smoother. Hopefully they don't have as many uh, upset people and rightfully upset, I would say, too. I'm not trying to say you guys shouldn't be upset you should be upset um but that's kind of just something that goes along with cons as well like there are times when we were trying to register for comic-con and we only get one day so it happens it sucks it's okay to be sad about it of course it's okay to be like it's understandable to be upset about it but we again like i just said we're gonna try to work maybe we'll work with other podcasters and we'll try to get something together as a community where where we organize some sort of a um a place to watch the stream together because i know like maelstrom radio not everyone got their tickets so there are other people i don't know if they're coming but this is this is my new adventure, guys. I will do this for you because I fucking care. <laughs> and I want everyone to experience it because I was that person. I've played Final Fantasy. If you guys listen, you know I've played much longer than Pete. I played 11 and i done the whole MMO thing with Final Fantasy. And he wanted to go to FanFest. And I was like, I don't really know. All right. I feel weird. Like, this is like extra nerdy. Like, we're nerdy, but this feels extra nerdy. And then we went. And even the FanFest, I was like, okay, this is fun. But meeting people, like, it was like, I found my people. And it was just so fun. And I made friends that we, like, hung out every day. And we tried to play together. One of them actually joined our FC. Like, it was just this amazing, amazing environment. And I really, really, really encourage you guys to to come, at least to meet and hang out. And like I said, I'm going to work on some sort of a podcaster's event where we can kind of live stream it or something. Have, have something going. And this game is getting fairly old. Uh, there's no guarantees that there's going to be another fan fest in two years. Right. So another reason that if you're on the fence, you might want to jump over that fence. All right, Avi, moving on from that fiasco that was fan fest tickets. Uh, uh, we told people we were going to talk about the heaven on high story this week. Yes. I said that last week because I had skipped all the story. <laughs> so I literally could not talk about it last week. But I've gone back and watched. The cutscenes and the dialogue. And I have to say, I don't think I would have missed it one bit. But I'm still going to talk about it because I don't want to be called a liar. Yeah, that was on you. I was like, I did watch it. It felt, before you even talk about it, it felt like they were trying to get me to care about characters that I had no backstory on and or very minimal and didn't really care. And I was just like, ugh. 
and I remember like you were talking to me or somebody was talking to me and I was just like, oh, I just missed like half that story. Oh, I still know what's going on. Okay, cool. <laughs> and McLeod says, story in quotations. Story. Jake Coe says, there's a story? Oh, um, like, you sound like Scooby-Doo just now. Scooby Snacks? not going to try to recreate that because I don't <laughs> know how. Um, so let's talk about the so-called story they gave us. Uh, I'm just going to paraphrase because I really... Good. I was like, you're writing this shit up. I was like, Pete, that's like too much already. Just fucking shorten that shit. It was boring. <laughs> paraphrase. We, we have to go invest investigate inside this big ass tower that we've seen in the Ruby Sea since the beginning of... We've wondered was... what was going on with that tower. I mean, it's a cool fucking tower. You're like, I can't see the top. It kind of reminds me of like Sword Art Online, like the second one where they're flying up and they can't yes. quite reach the top. Like, that's what it made me think of. And the story we get is that some of the Confederates kind of fell their way into it somehow, uh, and they found a bunch of baddies. It's Rasho, who we've actually seen before in the main story quest. He's, he's, pirate, he's the leader of the Confederacy. I actually kind of like him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I'm not even as technical with he's the leader of the Confederacy. He's the pirate <laughs> dude in purple. They're like, the, to me, they're the purple pirates of the Ruby Sea. He's a wide dude. He's a, he's a thick <laughs> no, boy. They're the purple pirates of the Ruby Sea. Like, it's Disneyland. Like, that is who they are. We're like, we're the purple pirates of the Ruby Sea. Like, they're not, fuck your Confederates. You're, you're purple pirates. All right, go on. And Sorry. the other person we meet is named Cayusi. And he's actually the person that you queue into Heaven on High with. Uh, I don't believe we have ever seen him before. If we did, I never remember meeting him. Uh, they like really make him have like this kind of ominous like element to him, and and which doesn't fit with our purple pirates. And he just kind of, yeah, and they did dress him in purple to make us think he was part of the part Confederacy. Of, but he was like slightly different, so you're kind of like. Well, later on, he's changed clothes completely. Oh, he changes clothes. See, I didn't even notice that. I was like, um, I must not have noticed what he was wearing. Yeah, so we're meant to believe that he's part of the Confederacy. Uh, he and Rasho kind of just have little asides to each other. After every 10 floors that we beat, they like, kind of uh? like, uh-huh. oh, he beat uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's like, that's it. That's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. they're talking like man grunts. And after we beat floor 30, it turns out that Cayuse isn't part of the Confederacy. A lion motherfucker. He's gone from purple to now a tan robe. Uh, he's part of the I'm group called the uh, Onishisu. I think that's, that's pretty about. good. Uh, that's they, pretty good. They are a sacred brotherhood which has endured for millennia, Ooh. so that they may safeguard our knowledge. Uh, they side with no nation and strive to remain neutral in political affairs. And I still don't care about the story up to this point. No. Nope. Uh, they are seeking the lost knowledge of the Allegans for the benefit of people in the modern world. AKA like the Ethernet. All I noticed is like, oh, so they got like a set uniform. You're all wearing the same hats, the same outfit, the same colors, the same. That's fucking boring. All right. They're like kind of like priests or something. And apparently this tower was built as a type of training grounds, you know, in case another calamity happens. Didn't really make sense. Oh, should sense. we have said like, spoiler alert? Like, is this really a spoiler alert? I think they figured it out. Okay. Uh, hmm. Because you listeners are the smartest. Smartest ever. That it's really, it's a spoiler alert, but it's really not a spoiler <laughs> alert. It's really, really bland. It's really beige. Just like the Onishishu are. Beige. And Real Chili says, oh, the elegance, I'm shocked. <gasps> yeah. E-gods. So apparently the tower, like you said, it was built as a training ga- gar- bleh, t- Words. 
I use them. Boom. Training ground. Who's the better reader now? And the Confederacy use the Floor 30 boss as a test for their leaders, and they actually help the Onishishu. So then we make our way to the 10,000-year-old pine so that we can learn more from a fucking tree. One magical fucking tree, man. Super magical tree. Um, it's a really advanced old tree. Like, there's some holographic interface, and then we get some hologram people. I feel like it's been getting updates through the Ethernet somehow. Like, the roots are, like, you know, pulling it in. I don't know. It's on, like, patch 99. It's yeah. 10,000 years old. So there's, like, a master, and then there's his pupil, and the master's getting ready to make the ultimate sacrifice, which essentially means he, like, becomes the boss on floor 30. He, he's, like, sac- sacrificing himself to become, like, holiday titan. Like, he looks like... It's like I call them Tiki Titan. Tiki Titan. Oh, I like that better. Tiki Titan. Um, but what's weird also is I don't know if you they like tried to make some sort of like romantic element between the scholar and him. Oh, and I didn't even. She catch was like that. this all raw, and she's like, "Oh, but you know, I'm gonna miss you more than blah blah blah." And I was like, "Seriously, I don't give a fuck about these two people. Why are you throwing romance in? Like, are you gonna tie back to that later? Or are you just trying to make his sacrifice seem all that bigger?" Yeah, it's pretty cheap to even try something like that with characters yeah. that we don't give a fuck about. No, not like, at all. You no. don't have romance in any other part and, of this game. And he was fucking old, and she was, like, super young and pretty. In my opinion, give me a fucking old lady master. I would have loved to see them do an old lady master and some really hot little buck. And she's like, no, honey, I got to sacrifice myself and become Tiki Titan. It's for the greater good. You, you go on without me. Like, fuck you guys. Finally, some gender swapping shit, you know? Stop making it the tough white man goes and sacrifices himself. Give me some goddamn minorities or some fucking badass women. Rant done. Womp womp. No, that's not a womp womp. <laughs> that's some that's some fucking change in the world and this needs to fucking happen in Final Fantasy. I can't believe I said womp womp. You're a dummy. So are you still liking it? I'm still liking Heaven on High. I'm not liking the story. Um... And after we talk to the magical Story, tree, uh, we head back to Cayusi, who basically tells us, oh, yeah, you can go higher than floor 31 now, too. We've given you permission. Is there like is there like a extreme Tiki Titan? No, but it is kind of cool. Seeing- I have to admit, I, I think I might have to make myself a Tiki Titan shirt because <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, it actually reminded me of a game I used to play on the PlayStation 3 called Pixel Junk. And you're a little tiki wait, wait. man. Eskimo Fono actually used the, used your phrase in the first time I've ever liked it. And he said, damn, Pete, that obvious speech must have put some blood in your dick. It does. I love her when she gets excited. Yes. <laughs> Quality for all. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you asked if I'm still liking it. I am still liking Heaven on High. But I have noticed a lot less people in the area this week. Of course. Uh, I think there will be the same people that use Palace of the Dead. Uh, they're going to use it to level 270, just like they did to level a 60 with mm-hmm. POTD. Um, and there's going to be people that challenge to floor 100, either to say they beat it or they're going for the mount, which you have to beat it four times. Yes. There's also a uh, housing item, uh, indoor housing item that you can get with a turn in from beating floor 100 what as well. It, you know what it looks like? I think it's a tabletop, but I'm not 100% sure. So I finally, I really wanted, I didn't have any characters at 61 like i had 60 and below or 
70, essentially. Like, really, I, had, I think I had one character at 63 that I didn't really want to play in, in it. So I just got my Red Mage to 61. So I beat through floors 30, but I want to do it again with my Red Mage now and, like, really... I, I do want to beat floor to floor 100, Pete. Mm-hmm. So if you want if you want to put a gr- group with me, even though I'm crazy busy, <laughs> I would love it if you saved a, saved a slot for me, baby. <laughs> and we can do it together. I think that would be great because I really do want to beat it. I just wanted to, to do it on the class that I'm I, I'm a I like to do a lot of things at once where I want to be leveling my character. I want to be building the weapon and I want to be building the content, beating the content. I didn't really want to do it on my 70. I wanted to have the ability to, to get the experience point at the same time. See, and me and me like, this is the differences and there's no right or wrong. Um, I did it on my monk who needs no XP. Nothing. I just like playing it. Yeah. And I just wanted to beat floor 100. That was my goal. So we do have a question in chat and it says, should I not bother with Eureka and just go for Ho? You should always go for the hell, honey. Um, no. <laughs> um, so Eskimono Fono, there's a big difference between Eureka and um, Heaven on High. Eureka is really good for for building up that relic gear. And and I think that's probably what it's best for. Heaven on High is actually a faster way to level. So you're going to yeah. also get a, a high eye level weapon, but you don't get a weapon from Eureka. So Eureka gives you gear. Heaven on High gives you weapon. And in Eureka, you don't level your main whatever job you're playing at all right you're leveling your elemental level which is yes. unique to eureka and all the rewards you're getting is only for the relic weapon right it's all about that relic weapon it's not about experience points for building up that that character class so i actually recommend kind of doing both you know when you get sick of one go back to the other and, because they're both beneficial for you and i tried going into eureka last week to try to get some creation tomes for crafting and there were 144 people in the instance I got into. So people are still doing cool. it. Cool. Very cool. Uh, we've gone over Eureka before. Like, it is a Zerg. So mm-hmm. throw on YouTube. Throw, throw on yes. some music to get yourself through it. Yes. Power through. You can get some pretty or decent Netflix, rewards. You know? <laughs> it's a great way to get materia. And then you turn that into Mutamix. You Mutimix. can make some good gill. You get some of those crafting materials and right. you're going to be pretty rich. And, pretty and quick. if you're not going to be running any of the savage content, it pretty much is the best weapon you can get. And it's actually a really pretty weapon. So if it isn't even the best weapon you can get, see if someone else stand out like around Kugane, you know, and see the people and you could, you could find somebody who have their relic weapon. It's not the best weapon I have, but for my scholar, I just love, I love glowy books. So it has like the green fairy wings. So I have it glamored because it's pretty. And so, job Jeb in chat. Uh, mentioned Eureka's uh, most likely going to give you the best weapon at the end of this patch cycle. Which so what po- I was just saying. Oh, four point five didn't hear that. Sorry. Um, if it's not the best, it's going to be right underneath there, as he's saying. Right. Uh, McLeod had the best suggestion for what to put on while you're uh, grinding Eureka. Throw on the shit podcast. Yes. Well, he he said podcast. A but podcast. I, I know he start, meant the shit start podcast. Start here and then you know check out our friends at like Maelstrom or uh limit break or musecast or which one am i forgetting i wasn't even listening to your first three what's the crafting one gathering there's a crafting gathering one. Oh, it's gather together but they're not crafting and gathering well you knew what i meant we're good oh and phoenix down thank you mcleod how i'm sorry klaus i forgot and phoenix down like You've got plenty of content to keep you going, but you can start with us because ours is the shortest. So then you can go and listen to the longer ones. (laughs) 
Because then you can like, oh, you know what? I'm over Eureka. I don't need, you know, I'm taking that right. It's cool. And they did add a challenge log for Eureka. So you can go in there solo, get a, get a few levels just by killing some mobs and using your challenge log. So if you're level one and you don't want to join the Zerg right away, you can go in either solo. I find it most fun if you have like three other people around your level so you can do like a little bit quicker pools of mobs. Are you talking about Eureka or Hope? Eureka. Okay. Sorry. And, and then joining the mob once you get a like level five. After level five, you can join the mob. You'll survive a little bit longer. Still, most of the time, if you're that low and joining the mob, you're just, unfortunately, you're just going to be standing around waiting to get XP. Uh, waiting for notorious monsters to pop. And it's not the funnest mechanic in the game at all by any means, but sometimes you, that's what grinding is. Like grinding well, is easy. I look at everyone's glamour and get ideas for myself. Yeah. It's <laughs> grinding's easy, monotonous stuff. And usually that's what you do for a relic. That's the relic is always a grind. I mean, if you guys have been playing, you know, since 2.0, you'll remember those fucking books that pete got you motherfucker he waited until they were I did like 90 like percent of them and no you did like 70 percent of them and i even you had to farm fates for days honeys days okay don't complain about this shit if you're not standing but you know what i do miss what i do miss about the old relic stuff i'm gonna say is i made some really good friends and farming fates on my server to get those fucking uh, crystal uh, animo no the crystals I know what you're talking about ah! um, and then and then also waiting for fates like we would just like show off our minions or show off our glamours and just sit and talk to people or like I miss there's there's not enough in our server stuff because I don't feel like there's a lot this turned into a rant God our podcast is going to be long today um there's not a lot of stuff to like make friends anymore it's like you have your friends and that's it that's what I've been talking about. Everything in this game is so instant. There's hardly any. There's like overworld. no point for the servers. All anymore. there is is hunts. That's overworld yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, and people just like boom go, boom go. Like there's not. You don't really talk during hunts. There's not enough time. It's too fast. Hunts and treasure maps, I guess. But maps are party finder still. I mean, but you can't do them cross server, right? Yeah, but it's, still, it's. I don't know. I I miss I miss the grindy stuff that made you talk to people like on your server. So. I totally agree. Like. Oh my god, we agree. High five. I I know they don't want people like power leveling in the overworld. Like having a level 70 just kill level 70 mobs yeah, to, but that, but to level their was. friends. I know, but I'm saying I wish like killing mobs in the overworld, like if you're level 15 killing you know, with a group like 4, killing 17 and level 20 mobs. Like, I wish that was a viable way yeah. of leveling your character, yeah, not, not just queuing for dungeons. Well, and so we have a question in chat from Drawing with Muffin who says, is there a point to fates anymore? And I think the the point to fates generally is um, challenges. You Like, you complete things in your... Um, Challenge log, you get XP from that. And, and not just that, the, the achievements, I'm sorry. There are achievements in each zone. Each zone has an achievement tied to completing a fate. Mm-hmm. Some of them you can get like glamour items and stuff, but really it's not really worth it, your time unless you're like, oh, hey, I'm I'm a completionist and I want to get all these achievements or I really want this glamour item. Uh, some of them do drop minions. Right. Some of them do drop glamour items like I know earrings. I think the baby behemoth earrings. I still, I still need my fox ears. I do too. I waited too long for that and now no one does it. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? 
So yeah, but they they are good. Anything in your challenge log is always handy to do. So there's there's different options. And you know, I still do fates on some lower level characters when I'm looking for ways to level, and I just don't want to sit in the queue. Uh, or if you are sitting in the queue doing some fates while you wait, it's better than nothing. Oh yeah, I don't. Honestly, that's one thing that has made me because I'm leveling a DPS. I was leveling my my red mage. I've actually kind of. I guess it's because it's not my all the time thing because I usually heal. I've started to appreciate the DPS cues because that's how you become a crafter. Can actually get shit done. That's how you become a gatherer. That's how you become someone who does all those other things in the game. That's how you utilize the leaves. That's how you like do all of that. When you play a tank or healer, you don't have time to do that. You have time to like fix your glamour and go. I played a tank. I made time for crafting and gathering. Yeah, but you're a freak and we love you. It's okay. Aw, how said they so still do loved. Fox Lady on Hyperion? Uh, I actually did Ixion Fate for the first time like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. We, I, we didn't kill it. It only got I like sh- three horns. I but. should honestly just like put together like a party finder to do Fox Lady and like, oh, Carol Hunt is called. Okay. Um, so I should do that. Like I should put in the effort and do like a hunt call out for the Fox Fate because I do want those super cute little i love on our, our twitch right now by the way we've got a savage galka and he looks like a transformer to me and i just love how gigantic he is he dwarfs your your female he's a thick boy too so pete by the way um i think you've done your month as your lady rogadin oh yeah i've done over a month and are you just being cheap no i actually want to like tie this into extra life raising money okay where i'll keep it and then I keep on forgetting to like make a little poster. Honestly, or Deb, like that. I don't think I think people think you like her now. She's kind of gorgeous. I forget half the time that I'm even a gul. Why am I saying Gulka? Yes, I never yes. played that fucking game. <laughs> Love it. I, you guys, I finally, I finally got him talking Final Fantasy. All right, let's let's. So get- many people call him Gulkas that it's just ingrained it's an easier in my head name now. than Rogadin. Gulka. Row Rose. Row Row. Um. So we kind of got off topic. We got started talking about Eureka. Uh, but a theme last week after we had done our podcast, a lot of people were saying it's basically a copy and paste of Palace of the Dead. 100%. I, I even said that while we were talking about it. And then we had a call later on who uh, echoed that as well. And that was why they did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I guess it didn't bother me because it's actually exactly what I expected heaven on high to be like i wasn't expecting any sort of major changes to it and i'm not sure why anyone would have uh expected any major changes to it i don't Mm. feel like they told us it was going to be like a revolutionary new thing for palace of the dead or deep dungeon uh so i got exactly what i was expecting so i wasn't disappointed like i have to pull this out like wait wait so so Klaus, everything I've heard about Klaus, honey, you're like the PC like podcaster. Like you're like so good and can't say cunt and fuck and bitch and all that shit. He just said it's all about that Gulkin sausage. <laughs> yeah, Klaus, I'm really bad about listening to any podcast. I don't even listen to our podcast. Pete's the one who listens to podcasts. I'm the one who goes to school at night and works all day and then like comes home and takes care of a sick cat. That's- I wish that this was all a prank. Like I was never uploading these or anything. Oh and I was my just getting God. you to sit here. 
That would be an amazing prank, but I would be so fucking pissed at you. I'm like, this prank's been going on for like two and a half years. It's she really thinks that like she's part of this uh, community and stuff, and like everyone's in on the joke. Everyone's just fucking with her. No, Klaus, I I love what you guys do. I watch what you share and everything. I'm really bad about listening to podcasts. I'm straight up honest. Um, this is this podcast started. God, we're all over the place today. Uh, this this is Pete's baby. The She Heals I Tank podcast is Pete's baby. Now with my new job and me going to school, Pete writes up 95% of our outline and I show now you, up. Now you know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> and I show up and I like will add maybe a Greenleaf Minute or a segment and stuff and I help, but like it's his baby. It's it's what he wants to do and I support him with it. Should have aborted it. <laughs> and it's, maybe that's why I give him such a hard time all the time because it's like... You better fucking make this worth it for me. I'm here for you right now. Like, come on, give me something. <laughs> to be fair, I put in a lot of farmers markets with you. <laughs> <laughs> you did. But you know what? That only has like a certain shelf life. So yeah. you're running out of being Forever. able to call that back. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about Heaven and High anymore? Or do you want to move on to our next segment? Uh, I want to make a quick point about Heaven on High. And this is my... uh complaint about it i guess because i've been pretty positive on it overall i've really enjoyed getting all the minions i hadn't had before mm. i just got the baby Bra- brachiosaur the other night oh and i haven't even seen I, that i one. think that was only from diadem before Ra- no that was the pegasus i thought it was from the brachiosaur fate maybe in oh the fate yeah, yeah yeah okay uh but i don't know the fuck do i know um so i really enjoyed getting the loot from heaven on high that eventually will go away but, um, and I really like that they dropped it from 200 floors to 100 floors. Makes it a lot more manageable to challenge the harder content. But the one thing I don't like, and I'm burping all over the place. <laughs> Silent burps. Is, uh, that they cut the story down to 30 floors. You don't like or you I, do? I don't like. Oh. Because I feel that the story suffered because of it. I feel like they kind of just phoned it in the story was much better before it was like creepy and they just kind of hinted at the story yeah it was a little more mystery to it like you wanted to know who was the last boss also the only like cash shop thing square enix i see you doing out of this is a tiki titan minion no one's gonna pay for any of that gear like they did from palace they will do they're gonna put whatever the fuck they want people uh, will buy they'll be like i need that shit but there was nothing in it that was like unique I mean, all they did for the last Palace of the Dead was the black bosom attire. Like. She looked, but she looked badass. She like, people saw her and they're like, fucking hell, look at her. She looks, she got like all grown up and she's all mysterious with her poofy skirt. Her gear looks like nothing in game. I want that. Right now, I, I just want like, I want a stuffed Tiki Titan. That's what I want. I want a stuffed animal Tiki Titan. You want a plushie? I want a plushie. I want a plushie Tiki Titan. Someone sew that shit for me. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like cutting the story down to only 1 through 30, uh, they got a little lazy with it, I think. It wasn't very engaging. It wasn't no. very interesting. If they would have done like story to 50, I think they could have done a little bit more with it. Maybe maybe maybe, not, maybe having it last with them. Having it last to 50 maybe would have given them a little more incentive and So wait, but you want so you wanted it instead of it ending at 30, you wanted the first one to end at 
50, but you wanted the second set to not be as long. Yeah. Like, I would have been fine if they had story lasting until level 50. And I don't even think they needed to adjust the difficulty of 31 to 50. Like, I do not think 31 to 50 was any harder than a normal dungeon. No. No. Uh, even 51 to 60 isn't too bad. Oh, I'm just agreeing with you, actually. I don't know. I was still thinking Pals of the Dead. 71 to 80 starts ramping up in difficulty. Yeah. 81 to 90 was the most difficult oh 10 my God. floors you for You, like, us. came outside, and you were like, fuck. Le- God damn, babe. Legitimately. This, this thing, like, I need, I, I, I Like, you couldn't even talk. You were like, he was, like, pale, you guys. He's like, this is, this is the most stressful gaming i've ever experienced in my entire life like fuck yeah, i need a break I, and i was like are you oh you it's only like 8 30 you guys still going You're like no we're we're done yeah for after we beat 90 we're, we were, we're done, done for the night like we <laughs> barely beat it we tried not using odin the only thing that saved us was having a pomander of raising up that raised me when the rest of the group was dead. I still and then think I hit our Odin Magic site. They actually need to share this video on YouTube. Maybe you can get it from them and share it on our YouTube or something. It was pretty fucking amazing, you guys. Like, he got me to watch it. And, like, the first half of the fight, I'm like, okay, whatever. They're running around. They use, like, three Pomanders of Raisins. And then a DPS comes back. Everyone else is dead. And Odin saves the day. Comes in and just kills the boss. It's very satisfying to watch. I wish they'd had the audio recording and on that as we well. Hadn't done, great. We hadn't done much research into Palace of the Dead. Uh, 91 through 100 is actually easier than 81 through 90. Yes. So that's, that's if, actually shared information. Say that again, but slower. Yeah. Floors 91 through 100 is easier than 81 through 90. So that's so, a big deal, you guys. So use your palmanders on the second to the last set of 10 floors, yeah. not the last 10. The it, last 10 is like, congrats, you did it. Don't fuck up this now. If we would have known that, we would have just used the Odin Magicite on that boss to begin with instead of almost wiping on floor 90. Right. And kind of by accident luck being able to use it. Because we, we got raised. Because you knew when to do the thing. Like I got raised and then I popped the po- last pomander of raising we had and I was alive for about two seconds. And it, I got it, it was, off. It was boom. It was, if you hear my, like, that was, it was real. I don't like really, I don't even really like watching other people beat content. I'm not someone like, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't watch people beat Savage. I talk to people about glamours and screenshots and housing. Okay, honeys? Like, that's what I do. I enjoyed watching his video. Like, that was funny. And it was because he even like, he goes, it's okay. It's only four minutes or like whatever. He's like, you don't, it's not a long video. You can, you can watch this. I'm like, okay, I can deal with four minutes. I can, I can deal with that. All right, Pete, we've talked about this a really long time. Yeah. Yes. Was the most stressful in Final Fantasy XIV I've ever been. Ever. Because there is something about having that timer click down. There's something about knowing you have to start all the way over if you die. Because if you die on even 08 Savage, you don't have that much more. You, You have to start over. Yes. But it doesn't take that long to do. Right, right. All right, guys, so we are about to start a brand new segment. And so anyone here with us live on Twitch, um, I would love for you guys to come and join us in Discord. I'll paste the link again. But I do want you guys to wait until we've given 
all of our casting through the Warrior of Light. That'll be our last casting. And so once we've cast who we feel should play the Warrior of Light, if Final Fantasy XIV is a show, Pete's going to go into a little more detail, then you guys can come in and share your casting ideas. But let us get through our selection first, and then we'll, we'll have you come in and share yours, because I would love to be like, oh, fuck, your idea is way better than mine. <laughs> I think that'll be really fun. So, all right, Pete, go into your spiel. And I did tweet this out earlier, and some people saw some. did respond. Yeah. So I think I'll do that in the future, too. So we have some of your uh, responses to throw in as we talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because I am going to tweet out a poll later with, like, the best options that we... It'll, I it'll think be we my... should... T- I know, I think instead of a poll, I think you should tweet out... Because I, I collected images of each of the actors that we think should play the different parts. I think you should should tweet out this person or this person with the images if you can and so that people can be like vote but off I, of that i wanted to add a listener option as well but no but that's what i mean like but have the two pictures and then say other like if the images are there or something like have it be one casting at a time not all the castings oh, yeah, in a tweet will. okay we'll figure it out all right so go read your thing so i'm calling this casting aorzia right uh i came up with this what is hopefully a fun little game for us to play uh as Avi said, feel free to chime in with uh, who you think should be cast as certain characters. This is actually my favorite segment that you have come up with, <laughs> by the way. I love this idea. I think and it was really fun to do. This is because Yoshi P has said on numerous occasions uh, that he views Final Fantasy fourteen kind of as a TV show with every expansion being a new season. Mm. Uh, so in his honor, let's cast this TV show. Avi and I are going to give our choices for who we would have play some characters and you guys chime in with what you think will be good characters. We'll put it out on a Twitter poll. You'll get to vote. And that is who the shit podcast will have cast in their Final Fantasy fourteen. And I guess this is going to be the A Realm Reborn part. Yes. So we're starting with a brand new. By the way, Pete, I want the Warrior of Light to go last. You want it to go Yeah, last? I want the Warrior of Light last. I feel like that's too personal. Let's start with the other ones first. I just kind of moved that. The Warrior of Light... The casting of the Warrior of Light is so personal. Like Pete's choice, because I know yeah, his choice we're is not very gonna, logical. We're Mine's not, more like what I want to we're see. We're not going to do a poll for the Warrior of Light because no. the Warrior of Light is you. But we'd love to hear who you'd want to see as the Warrior of Light. But who, who like, represents you? Who, who represents your character? Or, it's not even that because I didn't pick who represented me. I pick who represented who I want to see. So, like, who would make me feel empowered and who I feel would make the most people feel empowered to see as the Warrior of Light. That's who I chose. So, all right. So, Pete. without further ado. Yes. Casting Eorzea. First up, we have La Pirata Merleweb. Merleweb. Who governs Limsa Lominsa. She is our badass, super big female Rogadin. If you guys don't remember her with her big black suit on and her white hair. Um, Pete and I both chose this, but he, he he had a backup. So I chose Gwendolyn Christie, who plays uh, Brie of Tarth. And she's also in the new Star Wars as the really tall woman lady <laughs> on the dark side. Um, I don't remember her name, but that is who. And I tried to find a pic. Pete, I can't see her. Oh, okay. So, I tried to find pictures where like you could kind of see them playing that part. So if you see this picture of her, like, she's a fucking sexy Merle Whip. Like, you can just see, look at those shoulder pads. Like, she just embodies her. She looks like she's just got this power. You know she could kick your ass, but she doesn't, like, have to have the armor on to do it. Like, she's amazing. And that is the first person I thought of as well. Yep. But as I thought about it, I even though she is a bad bitch, um, she is, she's not very buff. 
And I feel that Merweb it has a little more heft to her. Okay. Heft. So who did you choose? So I choose chose Gina Carano, a former MMA fighter who's turned actress, who's been in the Expendables, who obviously could kick my ass. Yes. <laughs> so Both at the same time as mine. I'm all about Gina Carano playing Merweb. You might have seen her in the Expendables. Yes. I think she'd be great. I think they'd both Her be great. Her acting skills are not as good as Gwendolyn Christie. I, I think my choice is better. And we are going to tweet these out so you guys can vote on one or the other with with the images. Uh, so you think who's going to play Merle Webb. And then we'll eventually put together our whole casting of the show. And then we can send it to Square Enix and see what they think. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. So um, that for me was an obvious choice, though. And the okay. fact that I, I was like, I, I bet he's going to pick her too, because I know you love Brie of Tarth, like Gwendolyn Christie, but, but you know. I actually had a third one, but she's probably a little bit old for the role. Okay. Bridget Nielsen. Who's that? She's an Amazon. You don't know who Bridget Nielsen is? I'm so bad with names. That's like, if anything's like, you know, like Pete's the vegan, Avi's bad with names. Like, that's like who I am. <laughs> Real Chili says, why not Gal Gadot? Yeah, she's not she's not buff enough she's for a rogue. She's too skinny. Like Gal Gadot could be like the warrior of light, honestly, in my opinion. Like Sonya Blade, maybe, yeah? I see that. I just I like my Gwendolyn Christie, I really do. Okay, so next up, we're going to be casting Connie Senna. Connie oh, Senna Super is Nadalton the leader. Dalton says Nielsen would be great. She's a little old in the tooth, even though she just got pregnant. She's like sixty, I don't know. <laughs> uh Connie Senna is the leader of Gridania. She's, um, oh God, we should have looked up her race. Um, she's like eternally, perpetually a child and they have horns. Are uh, they really? Oh my God. Just thought she was from Gridania. That's as much as I get into the story. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously? Have you done, have, did you level White Mage like at all? Have you leveled White Mage? Conjurer. Like at all. Like the whole fucking, she's a, she's, thank you. She's a Pajal. Pajali. Like, that's like a race, and then like there's her brother and her sister and their children, and they're like. I, I knew she had some. And if siblings. any of the kids like, there's a whole other storyline for another ra- like job quest where the kid is showing these magical abilities. They're a Pajali, and they know that Gridan is going to take them away, and she didn't want her daughter to take. Oh my god, Pete! Fuck. I'm pretty sure I leveled it to sixty. Fuck. I didn't get any of that. I, I backed away from the microphone because you told me that like I oh I, I'm so upset with you. Your levels are great. You did a good job. I'm so upset with you for not knowing this. This is like super Final Fantasy lore. Like oh my god. I don't even care because I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> for backing up from the microphone. Yeah. Instead of yelling at it and like, blowing out people's ear, this eardrums. was such a basis for the the actress that I chose for this because I knew that that someone who should look like a child because they never really grow up, they stay young looking. Okay, uh, she looks older than her siblings. Like how much of an age well, difference she, is there? Three hundred years? Like, yeah, a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Um. Okay. All right. So, are you putting up my picture? Nah. Say who you're. Say who your pick is and then I'll Oh my put god, it triggered like hardcore. Alright, for Connie Sana, I chose Dakota Fanning. Uh I feel like Dakota Fanning, that's not her. <laughs> she uh we've all known her from as a as a child actress, and she's been doing a lot more stuff as an adult, but she still very much has a youthful feel to her and these um like rosy cheeks and these bright blue eyes. And I feel like she just embodies everything that Connie Senna is that because you still think of her as a kid because of all the stuff we saw her in as a child. So I felt like she would be very good as that because you would still see her as a child, but you also acknowledge that she's older. 
Did you even consider her younger sister, Elle Fanning? No. She's not old enough. I think she is. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, I did not know that these bitches are perpetually young. I'm, like, so disappointed in you. Like, I never even talked about that. Cause I, thought, I just thought they were, like, wood nymphs. I don't know. Fucking idiot. They're all fucking botanists over there in Gridania. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Whew. All right. My pick for Connie Senna is the wonderful and lovely Rashida Jones. I actually love this pick. Still very youthful looking. I think she's got a little uh, flower child. Like, she does. She's very hippy boho. dippy, uh, Gridania esque vibe to her. And uh, obviously, that picture's so big, it covers up our whole <laughs> That's screen. Okay. Uh, but I'm okay with it because she's so damn beautiful. Uh, great actress. And uh, yeah, I think she would fit. Uh, Connie Senna very well. It's not someone I would have thought at, but I love like the fact that she has like her freckles and stuff. So like it makes her feel very young and fun. And and like when you told me that choice, I was like, it was not like I actually wouldn't even want to make her blonde. I would want to keep her looking like she does. Like I feel like it would kind of add like a twist to Connie Senna and I would be totally okay with yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes you kind of have to like think outside the box. You yeah. can't just go by what's on. Yeah. What's on the page right. when you're casting a book? Because I I went with like what looked like Connie Senna, and I but I actually really like Rashida. I actually like Rashida Jones better as the choice because it's not what you would expect, but you would also enjoy the casting. So and I don't think that I've ever seen anything with Rashida Jones that I didn't like. <laughs> she is awesome. I do love her. All right, and now the tricky one, Nanamo. Nanamo, and this is tricky because we're like, do we go straight up midget? No. Or little people? We're not. I don't know what the PC term for that I, is. I don't know either. I'm not Um. Kidding. Or CGI? CGI. I went CG. I did. I did. I was like, we're just going to go Lord of the Rings on this one and go CG. And I chose Amanda Seyfried from uh, Mamma Mia. You he seem to have a type. I do? Yes. Okay. Blonde-haired girls. They were both blonde hair in the game. I was trying to match them to the game characters. I was you going went like blonde hair fit. with Gwendolyn Christie as well. Well, Kenna Sinna is blonde. Meriweb. She's white haired. <laughs> They're all very light haired people. Okay, but I feel like um, Amanda Seyfried has those huge doe eyes. I actually didn't pick her for her hair color. I picked her because. She, her eyes are so big and she can look so innocent, but also like sexy. And I feel like in the movie, I, they would like kind of play up that whole Rao Bon kind of forbidden thing between them. And I want someone who could handle that, but also felt young and doe eyed. And so I felt like she would really do a great job with that. Like I, I like Amanda Seafried for that role. And. I do like your pick because she is a bit younger than my pick. Uh, but I think my pick would encapsulate uh, Anatomo a little bit more. I think she has the goofiness side the to her, the playfulness side to her. I think she'll go, oh, Raubon, a little bit better than Amanda Seyfried will. All right. And my pick is Amy Poehler. I have to admit, I fucking love Amy Poehler. I feel like she's like my spirit animal, so I'm I'm like okay with this. I feel like it would be depending upon what type of movie we're casting. Like if we were casting like a comedy, 
version of Final Fantasy or show or whatever, Amy Poehler is like, yeah, Nanamo is going to be like the comic relief. But if we're, we're, we're casting a more serious side, then then um, Amanda Seyfried like makes more sense. When I was thinking of it in my head, I was thinking more drama than comedy. Okay. But I think Amy Poehler can do drama as well. I have not seen her do it, but I won't put it past her because she's my spirit animal and I fucking love her. Uh, <laughs> Ian Cho says, is FFXIV the new Parks and Recreation? I thought the same thing, I but noticed, I didn't say it to I him. noticed that as soon as I put him down, but I'm like, uh, she, she looks like Nano to Mo to me. Like, I don't know and what I tried it is. To, so I found the photos and I tried to find photos of all of the actors and actresses that kind of lended them to the roles. So to try to help kind of like see them so you could help see what we see. And my backup pick for that, if she had the same one as me, was going to be uh, porn star Bridget the Midget, which we don't have. That's just lazy. We casting. don't have pictures. That's of Bridget lazy. The we couldn't post those you. pictures. Um, you just know how much I love Amy Poehler, so that's fair. All right. So finally, the big one, the Warrior of Light. So this is difficult because this is obviously someone that we see ourselves as. Um, because we are the warrior of light. We could have gone off the character that we see in the Square Enix trailers, but that might be kind of lame and lazy. So we're going to like do with what we do. So who did you, or it's me first again, right? You've got this picture set up for me I first. I believe I set it up for you first. All right. So my choice for the warrior of light is Letitia Wright from Black Panther. She played his little sister. I, I didn't get her character name. She is not only like a demure little princess, but she also like crafts and she's like scientific she and she's smart. She was my favorite character in she's Black Panther. She's fucking awesome. And then as you can see by these images, she's a fucking monk. She is a goddamn monk. Like, I love her. I love, like I've been saying before, I want to see a minority oh my female God. character. A monk that crafts? Right. I'm going to replace your ass. <laughs> I love her. We Everybody's asking about Ralph Bond. That's, that's another segment. This is the first segment. So my personal choice, and we know everyone's going to have a different choice, but I see the Warrior of Light as Letitia Wright, and I love her. I think she would be amazing. I think she would be able to embody everyone in how she portrays it from I think she would very start out very innocent and like I just picture her riding in on that carriage with um Alphino and Alice and you know like being like yeah I'm a new adventurer how you guys doing you know and like just and then coming in and then growing and crafting and becoming part of this political sphere and then eventually becoming a badass warrior of light and that I think she could do that very very well I had no idea how hard you thought of these. <laughs> I, I, well, I think about everything really hard. I, like this, this was, this was like five seconds of thought, Pete. That's how I do. I don't think that good. Um, my pick, which I still think is better than your pick. I, I actually think your pick is more clever than your, than mine. Mine is more logical. So, yes, she can do a lot of shit. She's a great actress. Yep. Was a great character in Black Panther. My favorite character in Black Panther. But I chose. The nation's treasure. <laughs> John Krasinski. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm okay Here, looking at that. Here's my reasoning. It was made very clear to me when I tweeted this out that we got to go silent for this because the Warrior of Light does not talk too much. So we know John Krasinski has made the movie A Quiet Place where mm-hmm. he did not talk hardly at all. That's true. And he played Jim. He can be quiet. 
all the warrior of light does is nod <laughs> so we get jim to turn to the camera and go that's all that's all the warrior of light has to do right so yours is, uh, like i said yours is way more clever than mine and warrior light's pretty ripped right but he started out kind of soft. He got more ripped. He's ripped now. He's yeah. ripped for John Ryan. Yeah. He's ripped for uh, that Benghazi movie. Okay. Never saw Don't that remember one. the name of it. I didn't see it either. <laughs> Just saw the sweet pics of so his we, abs. So we know that uh, he can get ripped. So I see those are all of our picks. So who are yours again? Go ahead and read your picks again real quick. So For, for- Meryl Webb, I had... Uh, Gina Carano. And I had Gwendolyn Christie. Connie Senna, I had Rashida Jones. Chose Dakota Fanning. Uh, for Nanamo, I had Amy Poehler. I chose Amanda Seyfried. And for my personal warrior of light, John Krasinski. And I chose Letitia Wright. Okay, so I see we have one person on the on-deck circle Ooh, yay. that would like to make their thoughts known on I'm this segment. I'm excited to hear other people's thoughts. So it looks like we have K.K. McLeod. All right, K.K. McLeod, you are coming in right now, honey. <coughs> hello, McLeod. Clear your hello, throat. Hello, hello. Pulls what, you in a second too fast. <laughs> what kind of picks do you have for us? Well, I hold on. I need to mute your guy's stuff real fast. Sorry. Oh, we appreciate that. Thank you. Yep. All right. Um. So, well, you know, mine is. Uh, you guys got some really good picks. Um, Wait, you say you didn't have enough that... time to do it. By the way, Pete was like, "Okay, Avi, we are doing this." I got home and I did it in like fifteen, twenty minutes, and that counts finding pictures. So yeah, I did, I did. I did. I did about that much time. All about right, five so, minutes. So I couldn't good. recall all people. I was trying to think of things that are not like high end movie star people. So I was yeah. kind of going look. I was looking at TV a little bit. Okay. So, um, first of all, as a joke, when, uh, because of the, uh, because the warrior light doesn't talk at all. And if you want somebody who can deliver a perfect scene without speaking a word, then that would be Mark Hamill because the end of, of the force awakens, because he says so much, he says nothing. I, I, I did see that tweet earlier. That, that was brilliant. I thought that was clever. I fully agree with you there, but uh, that's just a joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so um, for Merle Webb, I was kind of piggybacking on someone else when they said Charlize Theron. She's a pretty tough. Oh, I like that. Bitch. I fully like that. I love her. I love her. Okay? But I like I like both of your choices too. Those are really good. I, she, I actually like toward- yours over Pete's. Like I I, I still like my choice <laughs> better. Me. Bullshit. But you're like right below <laughs> me. Like I, I like I, those are those would be my top two. I like that a lot. Now, for uh, Connie, I was thinking of Amelia Clark because the way she plays that stoic character, Daenerys. Oh, I love her. She she can play that just yeah. stoic. I mean, Connie is a very kind of sort of emotionless character. She yes. doesn't. She's just very calm and, and very young. everything and, along and the whole way. And she looks like so young. I agree with yep. that. So I kind of like Amelia Too Clark pretty. for that. Too pretty. I think, no? she, I think Connie Senna's pretty. You don't think Connie Senna's pretty? You chose Rashida Jones. She's not you Amelia Clark her. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I couldn't pick anyone for a Lalafell because I didn't know how you were going to go it. If you were going to do like a CGI Lalafell, then you could just use any voice actress we are, that's yeah. out there. It's up to you. Well, it's your show. I, I couldn't come up with something because I was like, well, if you're going to, if it's going to be a CGI Lalafell, then you just use the actress that voices her. If it's mm. going to be like. Like Lord of the Rings, where you scale a normal person down, then you'd pick an actor or actress or something like that. So I really uh, admit I did not pick anyone for her. And then 
for uh, the Warrior Light, I was leaning a little bit of a combination between the Derp Lander and the uh, the full motion video, kind of what my character looks like, kind of how he goes through the you know the story. And I was going for Stephen Amell from Arrow because he's a pretty badass, and I could ah. see him just absolutely kicking some ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it's because every it's like what everyone sees in that character. So you see someone who can like kick ass and like get through stuff and just look badass while he does it. But Stephen Mel's got the range. He can kind of go a little silly, too. So he Mm can, as an actor, he can play some of the sillier things that the warrior light goes through. And he can also be the badass. And he can go through the drama and all the loss that the warrior light goes through. That was just my quick pick for that. I see it. I love it. I think. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your choices. I think those were fucking great. I, sure. I really love, I feel like two of yours were like, I actually kind of wish I'd chosen, um, Amelia Clark for my Connie Senna. Like, I really like that one. I, I like that you said you were going to keep it towards like TV actors and then you dropped a Charlie's Theron on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True, true. But you know, she's <laughs> fucking badass. So I, I'm yeah. okay. She's like, that woman does not age. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much. It's great hearing from you, McLeod. I'm sure we'll hear from you again. Yep, no problem. Thank is you. there anyone else? Just curious. Uh, no one it else. Doesn't look like anyone else in uh, uh, Discord, but we have a oh. couple of uh, thoughts on who the Warrior of Light should be from the chat. From Super mm-hmm. Nerd Dalton, we have Kevin Smith, someone that might grow into the role of Warrior <laughs> of Light. <laughs> and girthwise? No, sorry, that was bad. He's He'll like uh, slim down <laughs> as he's doing all his fetch quetches, quests, quetches. The fuck is a quetch? Or Mr. Bean. Who does not mm, talk at all? I don't know about Mr. Bean, Phoenix Dan. But yes, he does not talk very much. No, at all. Not very much at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you for all of those suggestions. We're going to sure. pick uh, some of the ones from... Or we're going to read some of the ones from Twitter as well. Uh, McLeod just called in, so I don't have to read his anymore. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but Dalton said for... Ra- oh. Yeah, I, I tweeted out the ones we were going to do be doing, but people wanted to tweet out some other ones as well. Yeah, well, no, no, talk about those yet. Don't save it because I, I feel like because like just the fact that McLeod called in, we had one immediate like interaction with it. People are enjoying this because it cause it makes you think about who you would cast and who's wrong and what's better. And I, so I, I really think Pete, I think this is a fun segment, and so I don't want us to jump ahead. Oh. Um, so uh, that we have a couple more from chat. Uh, Drawing oh. with Muffin says David Carradine for Warrior of Light. He's so a old. A little bit old in the tooth. Like yes. super old. I loved him in Kill Bill, but he is He was a old bit in Kill old. Bill and that was like 10 years ago. Oh, he died. Oh. Oh yeah, is that the guy who died from autoerotic asphyxiation? I, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, actually. Yes. Mm. I would have been okay casting him. Mm. I would have loved that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Real Chili says either Ryan Reynolds or William Defoe for me. I go Ryan Reynolds over William Defoe. I would too. All right, McLeod, I'm going to move you back to on deck, honey. Thank you so much. Sure. Yep. And from Twitter, I'm going to try to leave out the characters that we weren't casting yet. Um, Don't try, do. Dalton says <laughs> Nanamo, voiced by Jessica Alba. Okay. So that's more so of a, like a CGI. CG. Like, see, I feel like you could do a lot of Nanamo with good costuming and makeup. That's why I wanted good eyes. I think McLeod said he might have been copying someone for Merrillweb. Dalton also said Charlize for uh, Merrillweb. That she's a really good choice. I really like that one. And for Connie Senna, he had Kristen Stewart. And you were talking about the stoic face. That's what she's mm-hmm. known for, right? That's true. She has like no expression, right? <laughs> Uh, Jake Coe in Twitter said, 
Michelle Williams for Connie Senna, which I really like that one as well. I have to look her up. I'm not sure who that is. Heath Ledger's ex-wife. Um, that didn't help me. And for oh. Warrior of Light, Oh, I could see her. Me. She's like known for... I could see her even playing Merle Webb a little bit. Yeah, she's got a little more she's fierce some, face. She's got some bone, good bone structure to her. I could see her like... They'd have to have her like on a platform and you didn't see her feet kind of Tom Cruise style, but I could see her doing Merle Webb. And I had a couple other Twitters, but they were from characters that we aren't doing yet. Other Twitters? Isn't the word other tweet? Other tweets. There you go. So <laughs> thank you guys for responding, but we will get to those characters in the coming weeks. Yes, this is going to be an ongoing... Se- I, I really... Pete, I really had fun thinking of this segment, and I, it seems like our listeners so far, at least in chat, have had fun playing with it too, so I do think this is one we should continue. Sounds good to me. But in the meantime, let's get to the Community Roundup, partner. And since FanFest is fresh in everyone's mind, I thought we would share uh, a resource for those of you going, but maybe you don't have your room situation sorted out yet. Maybe you're looking to save a little bit of money and bunk up with a couple of mates. Uh, Well, we have a Reddit thread uh, that is for room shares for Las Vegas FanFest. Nice. So Avi's going to share that in chat right now. We're going to post it in the show notes. So if you're going and you want to find someone to share a room with, save a couple of those ducats so you can uh, subscribe to some sweet Twitch streams. Super sweet. I hate myself. I, I, I couldn't even really. Yeah. Uh, go check out that thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, it is it is an expensive thing. And there's always those fucking resort fees in Las Vegas, which I think is ridiculous. Like, there should they, they need to make a law where it's an all-in-one price. It's so fucking deceptive to have an advertised price and then tack on, like, a $36 resort fee. He's not bitter, guys. He's not bitter at all. So fucking stupid. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the listener reaction. Uh, Philip Kane says, Pete, I'm with you. Crafting and randomness in dungeons puts blood in my dick. And at Eskimo Fono says, imagining blood in Jackson's. Oh, no. So not, that's how I get blood in my dick. I inject it in. No, no. Super Nerd Dalton says, Welp, took what you guys said about not feeling stuck in an old FC and really thought about it, so I transferred my high-level guy over to Adamantoys and got Joey to add me to Redux, which is RFC. Yes. Uh, maybe I'll be a little more helpful now, heart. Hashtag best FFXIV podcast ever. We're so glad you joined us, Dalton, and then like showed up your super transforma Galka on our stream. Thank you. Um, in response to our tweet, which was stated, the best part of FFXIV FanFest was meeting other players. Most of that was done outside of the FanFest. If you have the means to still go, you can hang out at a bar, watch the live stream, and then hang out with everyone at the various parties going on. And you save $150 from the ticket. At Marcy Carp replies, I know it sucks, friendos, and this doesn't entirely make it better, but this was what I was considering so I could meet my FC mates. Which is... A great reason to go, too. If you have FC mates that were going and they got tickets and you didn't, I mean, you've been spending probably years playing this game with these people who have become your real friends. friends. Like, even though they might, even though you maybe never have met them, they are truly your friends. Like, people have relationships like that through games like this. It's amazing. Yep. So, don't pass up an opportunity to see. Your friends. Yes. I, if you can go, if you can afford it, 
do it. And like you said, if, you, if you've known them long enough and you trust each other enough, maybe they'll do what I was saying I would do for Chili, where I would like let him use my badge for a few hours so he can go in and see the festival. Like Something you can always talk about At with one another. At least play those shitty mini-games they have. <laughs> all right. So anything so else I you want to add? I think that was it for uh, all the reaction. Uh, so why don't you take us home, Avi? So that is going to be it for this episode. As always, we've enjoyed hanging out with all of you live here on Twitch. So thank you for spending your time with us. Be sure to hit that follow button so you'll know the next time we will be going live. And as always, a great big thank you to everyone listening to the podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or whatever app there is out there that I haven't discovered yet because I'm getting fucking old. Uh, you really are the reason so. we keep making episodes. But remember, wherever you do listen, it would mean a shit ton to us. We're going to recast you as. If you gave our little shit podcast a rating or a review. Or, you know, as always, just tell a friend. Check us out. Here with Vegan Pete, I am Avi Ale, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>